Welcome to the Eurovision for Real podcast. If you love the Eurovision Song Contest, this is your moment to subscribe. Let's get into the episode. Yeah, so that is not going to be the opening to this podcast. I'm really debating on whether I want to just sort of like remix my YouTube theme song to be like the theme song of the podcast, but I'm feeling conflicted because I just feel like this medium is really interesting. Uh, Hello, this is Alicia Michelle. Welcome to this next episode of Eurovision for real. If you're a Eurovision fan, you should definitely subscribe to this podcast. And I am promising everyone that as the season progresses, I won't be the only voice on this podcast because, I mean, people already get enough of me on my YouTube channel, so I'm looking forward to this being yet another space just to connect with folks, have conversations about Eurovision, this thing that I love oh so much. So yes, if you love the Eurovision Song Contest, you definitely want to make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. And yeah, no, so... Back to, I guess, the medium of podcasting. Being someone who's like a former radio person, I'm now finding myself conflicted in the space as I begin to consume more podcasts. Because the whole beauty, like if we look at the evolution of radio, so it was like radio, you know, was there before television. Then I would say like, we got into radio, let's let's talk like, I think the heyday of radio, which was probably like, in my opinion, or the modern heyday of radio, which was like 80s, 90s, and sort of the heyday of like modern radio was legitimately the medium evolving into something that was super personality driven that then made way for someone like a Howard Stern or even a Wendy Williams. But let's just keep it to radio a Howard Stern to then be able to go to satellite radio, which the beauty of satellite radio was the host could be more unfiltered. They wouldn't have to worry about just being consumed with tailoring their show due to like ad numbers and, you know, advertisers. And if you wanted to be somewhat controversial or shocking, you wouldn't have to worry about like, okay, you know, this brand is now pulling out of sponsoring your show. And, you know, really what it was was in radio. It's a pretty volatile business. And and the joke is, if you've never been fired, you're not really, like, a radio professional. So, to be honest, I've never been fired from a radio job. So, perhaps I am truly not a radio professional. But I say this all to say, you know, we got satellite, which was great because you wouldn't really have as many ads And the hosts could be sort of unfiltered and curse and not have to censor themselves. So the conversations could be grittier, a little bit more real, a little bit more authentic. And then also, I think with satellite radio, you could listen to the music that you wanted. Well, now that we have things like Spotify, we have Apple, you know, Apple Music and whatnot, and people just being able to listen to what they want to listen to and curate their own sort of playlist. You know, all of these mediums, I think, are hurting. But then podcasts emerge. Because if you're like me, I'm someone, I like to listen to people talk. I really do. I don't just like talking. I like to listen to other people talk about topics that I'm interested in. And so Sirius and, you know, all these satellite radio stations were able to sort of do that. But then what happened was they started having a ton of ads. So then you'd listen to, like, XM 
radio, this satellite radio thinking like, okay, I won't have to deal with all the ads. And so then podcasts emerge and it's like, oh great, I won't have to deal with ads. And now I listen to these podcasts and they all have ads. So I guess I'm left with the same, what is the point? What is the point? If I'm gonna get commercials here, I'm gonna get commercials on the radio, what is the point? What is the panache? What is the panache? And I'm not saying this to say like, I'll never have ads or anything like that because in theory, I've got ads on my YouTube channel. You know, YouTube uh, will place ads on your content and stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm having a little moment with the medium of podcasting as a consumer. Because, I, so maybe y'all can tell me, what makes you tune into a podcast? Like, what makes you really tune into a podcast? Like, in my mind, it's like I get curated conversations and I mean, I guess too, like I used to be one of those people, like I'll put on a YouTube video of like a vlogger because nine times out of 10, I don't really need to look at what the person's doing. I'm just listening to it to hear them talk. So I've heard a lot of people say, oh, you know, with podcasts, like I can just listen to it while I'm at work and stuff. And I'm like, but can't you listen to a YouTube video like while you're at work? Like, are the visuals really that compelling? that it's like, no, I gotta wait until I get home for this or I have to you know, be clued in. I don't know, I don't know. I would really, really love for folks just to tell me, you know, why do you listen to podcasts? Okay, that was a really long intro and you're like, where is the Eurovision? Well, this is episode two. And we're gonna just talk about kind of like what we know so far, Eurovision 2023. You know, it's early, we still don't have a host city, which I will say this, because I'm posting a lot about host cities and stuff like that. And I don't want it to come off like I'm like, oh, you guys need to hurry up and tell us where we're going to be next year. I, I definitely am not <laughs> coming from this place of, oh, you know, I'm excited. I want to know because I'm a fan. Like, obviously, like, we just want to know. And in my brain, I'm kind of like, oh, I want to, like, start seeing if it's actually realistic for me to go. I think that's the other piece. Like, is it actually going to be realistic for me to go to Eurovision this year. Okay, so we've got seven cities. This is what's shortlisted. Birmingham, Glasgow, Leeds, Liverpool, Manchester, Newcastle, and Sheffield. Now, I think if you ask anybody, the two front runners are like Glasgow and Manchester. I think so. I've been told not to count out Liverpool, and I've been told not to kind of count out Birmingham. Now, I'm going to kick off with Glasgow because I did a poll on my YouTube channel. That's Alicia Michelle YouTube channel. So that's youtube.com backslash Alicia Michelle. That's where you can find me. But um, I did a poll there, and I basically asked, where do you want Eurovision to be. Not where you think it's actually going to be, but like where do you want it to be? And they don't let you have a ton of options, but I just did what seemed to be the front runners via EurovisionOdds.com. So uh, Glasgow won 59%. Birmingham got 6%. Manchester got 23%. Liverpool got 9%. And then Leeds got 3%. So uh, what was eliminated was Newcastle and Sheffield. Newcastle and Sheffield were at the bottom of the Eurovision odds. Let's see what the odds are looking, looking like right now. But 
in the meantime, I will just say, I think the internet is really loud right now when it comes to talking about Glasgow. I think the internet, if you look according to Twitter, Glasgow is going to be hosting Eurovision. And it's interesting because I think I thought, like, and I'm kind of comparing this to last year. Last year, to me, the writing was on the wall that Turim was going to be hosting. It was pretty much a done deal, even though we had all these host city bids and all of this stuff. It was still like, when it came down to it, any person who sort of, I would say, was in the fold was going to be like, no, 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 it's going to be Turin. So yes, we have like these bids and sort of all this who will host, but like it was going to be Turin. And that's what ended up coming to fruition. And if you ask me, after Eurovision 2022, I was literally at the airport. I was waiting to check my bags. And some folks might know Jack from, Jack was, I think, formerly of Wee Wee Blogs, but just, you know, if you're in the fandom, you know who Jack is. And I told Jack, I was like, well, I definitely think it's going to be in the UK. I think it's going to be in the UK. I think with Sam Smith, Sam Smith, Lord. <laughs> Sam Ryder coming second place. I'm like, you can go to your runner-up and say, hey, can y'all do it? To me, it just seemed pretty clear that that was what was going to happen. And I was like, and if the UK was asked, if the BBC was asked, can you host? They're not going to say no. They're going to say, yes, we absolutely can step in and do this. And so then it's just a matter of where. And for me, Manchester was calling. And so it wouldn't seem crazy for Manchester to be calling and to then host. That was my thing. The writing on the wall feels like Manchester, like shoo-in, it's happening. So I don't really know what shifted specifically. You know, I'm, I'm American, third party, not involved. <laughs> but for me, it is, it's interesting now because it is like, oh, oh, the tides have shifted. The tides have moved to sort of say Glasgow is the front runner. And I don't know if that's just because of like the internet. I don't know if it's just because of the internet, but I was shocked when the odds were saying that too, because I do think it's kind of two subsets of audiences. One has money just to be like, hey, I want to bet on Eurovision stuff. And the other is just like, I've got a Twitter account, so I'm going to be loud about this. But I also was like, okay, cool. People want it to be there. But we have Manchester, and then even looking at my poll, Liverpool was 9%. So that's, I mean, that's not crazy. So then I, I asked folks, where do you think Eurovision is actually going to be? Not where you want it to be, where it is actually going to go down. And so I had one commenter go like, you know, Glasgow, the OVO hydro venue is shaped for acoustics. Uh, it's also close to the BBC headquarters in Scotland. Good point. Meg commented, honestly, I think it's Glasgow versus Manchester. I can't see anyone else hosting it at this point. And I, and I tend to agree. I tend to agree. I, I, like I said, I've been told not to count out Liverpool and Birmingham. But when I think you've got Glasgow and Manchester, I, I, just, I, I think it's going to be one of them. 
so then T the one said Manchester always been my main pick for 2023. So wouldn't be surprised if it got picked in the end. And then Aiden says, honestly, I think Manchester, not just because it's my hometown, but because half of the BBC has its offices and headquarters here, and the AO arena has huge capacity. That, that's, that, that's something, that's something. And then James Johnson actually noted uh, that Birmingham just had the Commonwealth Games, and that's too much in one area. Okay, because something else big happened there. But also sometimes it's like something big happens there and it makes people go, oh, wow, that actually ran really smooth. Like that actually, you know, was well organized. So, you know, let's just kind of keep the momentum going. So I don't think that that's actually a negative, possibly. Uh, Sean Yates says, I'd guess Manchester at this point. And then Marco says, I think it'd be Manchester since Birmingham hosted in 98. Okay. Uh, and then we got a joke. We got, we, got, we got a comedian on here. Uh, Cohen says, well, Netta said that she thought it will be hosted in Manchester, so it's definitely going to be Glasgow. <laughs> we, got, we got a comedian, comedian on our hands. Uh, yeah, so for me, I'll tell y'all right now. Because I think some of this is y'all being like, okay, where would you want it to be? I mean, honestly, right now, Manchester is looking cheaper for me in terms of the stays. In terms of the stays, Manchester is actually looking a little bit cheaper for me. And, and I want to say I appreciate y'all because I love this every time that like I get on the internet and I kind of have my, my American you know, budget life laments, because that's all it is. It's just American budget laments, you know, because I already have to pay for the flight. Like, I already have to get there. And so that's, that's like step one. But uh, this is the thing. So I get these replies like this. So I'm going to actually like kind of respond. So Faith ESC tells me, I will say, or maybe I should say what my tweet was, because this, this is true. So I'm going to say what my tweet was and probably expand a little bit and then tell you some of the responses I got. So I was like, I don't want special treatment, nor do I expect it. I truly, truly don't, y'all. I, I don't. But dear Lord, I would love someone to tell me where Eurovision 2023 is going to be. Like if a little birdie just told me, I'd keep it to myself. I wouldn't tell anyone else. I would just do it, you know, so that I could do my planning. You know, but, uh, okay, so, and then the rest of it was all I want is the green light to book something before everyone loses their mind price, price gouging. Because let me tell you, capitalism is the devil, okay? Capitalism is the devil. I rebuke it on all accounts. I got my Airbnb in Turin, I think, like, on, well, not I think, I got it on the day that it was announced, and I think I was able to, like, just secure my Airbnb before like the news spread like wildfire for like all the Airbnb hosts to like increase their prices and I'll tell you like that Airbnb I stayed at in Turin was not great <laughs> it was not great like I it was the first time I ever felt like oh wow like you get what you pay for it it did make me slightly nervous about Airbnbs in the future like thinking of Airbnbs just managed by people and not like companies which is also the devil because it, you know, 
drives housing prices up, rental prices up, and makes it more difficult for you know working folks that actually are local to an area to sustain. Um, I could talk about that for days, but um, but ultimately, when you're going to Eurovision, and and I don't know if people recognize this, like when I go, I'm not like going as a fan, like I'm going there to work. So you know, the notion of staying 30 minutes away and having like a 30 minute commute every day to go work, not to mention the fact that there have been several Eurovision situations that I've been in, where it's like at the end of the night, the transit's not running for some odd reason, and it's super, super late. And and so I learned the hard lesson that really staying close to the arena, like walking distance, is super powerful. One, it cuts costs, costs so then you can walk, uh, but then also in the unfortunate event that you're, I mean, because sometimes we're there till like 1 a.m. Like if, if, if they had the press center open till one every day, I'd probably be there till 1 a.m. every day. True story. Like just because you get a lot done, you've, you've got the internet, even though last year's internet wasn't great. There were several times, and I think it's just because now everyone wants to stream, uh, which in the future, I kind of almost feel like that should be part of, I don't think it's awful to ask people like what their media plan is before attending. So then you know like, okay, these people are like our streamers, you know, so it can kind of help like these are our radio folks, these are our journalists, they're gonna be watching, writing, you know, submitting stories in that way. Uh, but yeah, I, I think they should consider doing something like that. Just, you know, Remy Machek, uh, just an idea. But with that said, you know, so this suggestion of like staying sort of outside of town, for someone, especially for me, because I work independently, I don't have like a full on team of folks. It, it, it really is not realistic. <laughs> like it's just, it's just not a realistic option. The other wrench I would say is, you know, for me, I, I am a mom. I feel like people forget that. And so for Eurovision this upcoming year, if I were to go, I'm going to be bringing my daughter with me. So I'm going to be then bringing my mother, who is recently retired. I'm trying to get my mom into Eurovision more. And maybe now that she's retired, this will be the year. She was fine to pick up the American Song Contest. She felt like that would be more tangible <laughs> for her. But this year, I, I'm going to get Verna into Eurovision. So yeah, my mom, she's retired. So she's like, you know, you've been traveling for Eurovision. And if I brought my daughter, so obviously I'd have someone to watch her. But the idea of then having, you know, a 30, 40 minute commute, that then becomes even less realistic because it's like, I've got I've to get back. My mom has just like been with my child like all day. Like, you know, she deserves like a little bit of a break. And I wouldn't just want to be there like working ad nauseum. But you, you get the point. So not only am I going to be able, so that means that basically I need to have accommodations for myself. I need to have accommodations for my mom and my child. So this idea of like renting a room completely eliminated. And some of y'all would say, well, Alicia, this is your choice. I'm like, is it my choice that I have a child and I'm a parent? <laughs> like, I mean, like, yes, to a certain degree, I chose to have a child, but like, does that then make it like, okay, now you get left out of this process of like covering Eurovision on the ground because you're a parent? Sounds a little discriminatory to me and slightly problematic, but, um, <laughs> but no, but these are just like the realities and whatnot. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not ruling out a hotel situation, but hotels tend to be 
more expensive than Airbnb options and being someplace for an extended period of time. You get to do your grocery shopping. You get to make breakfast. It just makes the whole experience, you know, obviously, you know, more cost effective. Okay, now I feel like I feel like I'm rambling. So I, I, I and I apologize for this, y'all. I apologize. But no, so these are like these are like real barriers that I have. So uh, so Faith commented, you know, I will say a good thing about the UK is we have excellent transport links, so you can book a hotel in nearby town or city and get a train slash bus to host city in a very uh, short time. I think last year a lot of people booked hotels in Milan and got a train to Turin. Uh, that's a young person's game for me, y'all. It just ain't realistic. Uh, yeah, you know, and some people are like, well, just book. You know, just book ahead of time. You'll get free cancellation. Y'all, these Airbnb hosts are hip to this. They know this thing, Eurovision, is happening. So they promptly put on that 48-hour cancellation thing. So you only have 48 hours to cancel. So this, like, booking... And then just canceling once you find out at some place, yeah, can't happen. Can't happen anymore. Uh, yeah, Gina understands my plight. Gina Jones on Twitter was like, same here. I've got two kids and work full time. I don't have the brain space resources to book accommodations in seven different cities, all on different dates. Bit worried that when it's announced, all the prices will go mental. Yeah, me too, Gina. Me too. Me too. Now, I gotta say, Manchester, the flights are actually looking pretty affordable. The flights, the Glasgow flights were worse for me, price-wise. They were more expensive. But the Manchester flights were actually pretty affordable. And I would say my bang for my buck in Manchester, I felt like my dollar would go further in Manchester for like what I'd get than what I was seeing in Glasgow. Like there were some cheaper prices. I'm like, are you following me? There were some cheaper prices in Glasgow, but I'm not getting as much as what I'd get in Manchester. I think y'all I think y'all are following what I'm saying. So Glasgow, y'all, if y'all want me to be like a happy tourist and have money you know to spend on local businesses yeah i'm 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 gonna need i'm gonna need them airbnb prices to look a little bit more realistic with what's being provided i don't know i don't know but i, I it's all relative like you spend more for this one bucket you get less here but i i don't know i i feel like the host city bid stuff for eurovision like fans that have been like long in the paint like, it wasn't always this. Are y'all annoyed that, like, now all of this stuff is kind of coming up? Like, is this, is this annoying to you? Maybe it's not. Maybe y'all are actually like, eh, you know, it's kind of cool. It adds an, an element of excitement. Like, I, I'm down for that. I, I, I will say this. I do kind of like the idea of the bids and who's going to host and all the questions. Like, I do think it is really exciting and it does add to sort of yeah this excitement this feeling of like oh Eurovision 2023 and the mystery and the build-up so I do I do ultimately like it but I wonder for long time you know Eurovision 
fans. Like, if this is a little bit like, wake me up when it's over. <laughs> like, I'm, I, like, wake me up when this is done. Okay, so I'm looking at EurovisionWorld.com. And right now, Glasgow has a 64% chance of hosting. Birmingham is in second place with 10%. And Manchester has 9% of the votes. Liverpool, 6%. So in my poll, where I asked people where they wanted Eurovision to be, Glasgow had 59%. Manchester was second place with 23%. And Birmingham had 6%. Going again to the odds, EurovisionWorld.com, they also have a, po a, a, a poll that says which city should host Eurovision 2023. And in the lead is Liverpool with 28%. Leeds has 22%. Sheffield has 20%. And Glasgow has 14%. Now, I don't know where these people are living, but we all know that Liverpool, Leeds, and Sheffield are probably out of the running. Again, people told me, don't count out Liverpool, don't count out Birmingham, but I'm counting them out a little bit, a little bit. I think it's going to be Glasgow or Manchester. I'm trying to think of like where I'd rather have it be. You know, I, I think with Glasgow, it's the biggest city in Scotland, tons of history. I think it's a city that looks like, I always love this idea of like going to Europe and feeling like you're in Europe where it just you look around and it's like, I'm in Europe, like this is, this is what it is. Like that's something that I think I, I love. I mean, obviously, I, you know, obviously. So yeah, I think, I think they're saying, I, I don't know. Is it gonna be Glasgow, y'all? Like should we just be packing our bags and booking in Glasgow? I mean, maybe, maybe. The Hydro Arena was what they used in the Netflix movie, Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. That's, that was what was used. So I guess I'm thinking, well, no, we had Eurovision calling, you know, Manchester calling last year. I like that lead over. But I guess, yeah, the Eurovision movie and then it happening in Scotland would have been better if it was happening like last year would have made more sense but you know whatever we're 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 working with this we're working with this you know i didn't know lulu was from glasgow i did not know that I, tangent i'm like a huge absolutely fabulous fan <laughs> um just tangent if you know you know and then also, Lulu, I remember one of, like, the first, because I really was, like, a fan of kind of, like, 50s, 60s music. But, um, you know, the time has come for closing books. And I love Lulu's voice. There's something, like, there's, like, a rasp to the voice. And when I was younger, my voice, acted, believe it or not, my voice was deeper when I was a kid. <laughs> True story. And so, like, when I was singing that song, it just, like, you know, I, I felt like I could really get in my, in my sort of gravelly, gravelly, you know, roots. But, yeah, I mean, Glasgow I wouldn't hate. 
My mom would love to go to Glasgow because my mom's a huge Highlander fan, period. Period. My mom loves Highlander. I, I mean, do they have, like, I don't know. Like, I feel it's weird because everything is, like, being remade now in culture. And I'm waiting for the Highlander remake. It's coming. Hollywood has completely run out of ideas. So Highlander is definitely going to be getting. But I guess it's confusing because now there's that, there's that Highlander TV show that's, like, the romance thing isn't that isn't that called Highlander too I, I'm thinking of Highlander you know Duncan McLeod of the clan McLeod you know Duncan McLeod of the clan is that on streaming I would you know what today oh my gosh it's on Peacock I'm watching Highlander today <laughs> done done it's happening, I'm watching Highlander. And maybe that'll get me a little bit more hype for Glasgow. I think my mind was just fixated on Manchester. I think after, after I just was like, it's gonna be Manchester. You know, Manchester calling, so we're just gonna go to Manchester next year. That was really what I, what I was thinking. I think Manchester seems like a cool city. And honestly, some of my favorite Love Island contestants have been from Manchester. Favorite is relative, but I, I mean, seriously, I, I'm like, I, I think about it like the Stone Roses, Oasis, the Smiths, and y'all, if we go to Manchester, somebody, I am telling you, I don't fan out a lot. I don't fan out a lot, but Miss Lisa Stansfield, y'all, if we go to Manchester, I, that's gonna be my, I, I'm gonna be on the hunt for Lisa. Where is she? Been around the world and I, I, I can't find my baby. Literally, okay? Been around the world and I, 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 I need my Lisa, girl. Eurovision and Manchester, I will be on the hunt, okay? Don't play, y'all. Don't play, y'all. I just, I, I really do, I really do feel like Manchester, and there's something, I don't know, maybe this is crazy, but like, the AO Arena is nice, it's big, it, it, it could, it, that would be an amazing arena. I feel like I saw some comments from some people that were just like, oh, Glasgow's the only option. They're the only one with an arena that works. What, really? Really? I don't know. Let's see. So let me look at my comments. So I asked people on my channel, yeah, where do you think Eurovision is actually going to be? And Ionis says, I think Manchester is going to be the Maastricht of this year, which I don't agree with that. Like Maastricht, I, I was like, I didn't, I didn't feel like that was a front row. I was like, if anything, Manchester might be the Amsterdam, where it's just like, yeah, that's probably where people think it's going to be, but like it's not. <laughs> Like, if anything, but, but this is Ionis's comment, so let me stop. So Ionis continues to say, I do believe the stars have aligned for Glasgow. Top three reasons. Eurovision movie, Scotland, Hydro Arena. Now let's see. Let's see. So Gospodin has a nice little comeback that says, Eurovision requires more than just these three. The fact that it appeared in Eurovision movie means nothing. Ooh, burn. 
And then Ionis comes back and says, Gosboden, at this point, they are comparing almost two perfect host cities. It's now time for nitpicking and looking for the city with the best story. The Hydra hosting is a very funny and beautiful way to connect the movie and Eurovision 2023. Now, Ionis has a good point. But like I said before, I could see it if this was maybe like, like if it was coming out after the Eurovision movie, but it's been some time. So to me, the story is Manchester. We had Manchester calling, and now Manchester is hosting. That's, that's just my perspective. I think, I think it's a little bit tighter. The Olympic Song Contest commented, Glasgow or Liverpool? I think Glasgow won't host because it isn't England. Is this, is this a th- I mean, I'm American, third party, non-involved. I mean, it's the UK. We're talking the United Kingdom. So Scotland getting the bid doesn't seem that crazy. Uh, ben Enti says, I think Manchester, and if we win, it'll be Glasgow, which that's a point that I wonder about, where it's like, okay, let's do Manchester because it almost feels safe in a way. It almost feels like a safe, solid option. And again, we had Manchester calling. We're now going, you know, going back. So I, I think that there's something to be said for that. But then, you know, if the UK actually won Eurovision, then it is like, all right, like we're doing this and then going big with Glasgow. That, that, that could be something. That could be some. I could hear that. But then I also wonder, okay, but if the UK won and they're hosting as winners, would they then just go, let's do, probably not though. London's hosted before. So that wouldn't be as much. So actually, no, we're back to that. That was a good, good point, Ben NT. Thank you for the, thank you for that comment. Cause it, that really got me, got me thinking in a different, in a different way. What do y'all think about that? Like this sort of idea of like, well, the UK didn't win. So do you want to go real big on the hosting? Because it's not really going to be, you know, it's not really the UK's contest. It's, it's Ukraine's contest. But the UK is hosting. So is there a change there? I, I wonder about that. Okay, so let's talk about Birmingham and shift a little bit. Honestly, I don't know a lot about Birmingham, but like apparently it's the youngest city in Europe. Really? And there and Eurovision.tv says that 40% of its population are under the age of 25. Now, I'm going to tell y'all right now, just off that I don't want to go. <laughs> Just off that alone, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I'm not going. <laughs> no, I'm partially joking because I don't know anything. But off of that, that sounds scary as hell. Okay, so my, my like faux young butt is going to be rolling around there with literal kids. Okay, what? What? No, thank you. 
No, thank you. I, I, I need a place with a median age of 45. Okay. <laughs> I need a median age of 45. Because also what, what this tells me, though, in a realistic way, <laughs> and be, get serious, Alicia. In a realistic way, though, I probably wouldn't want to roll up there with like my mom and my daughter. Because then I'm going to be wanting to be out with the 25-year-olds as if I'm 25. You know, and I'm going to want to be hitting it hard because they're going to be out. I cannot believe 40% of the population is under the age of 25. Sounds wonderful, but scary. Scary, scary, scary. I'm like, I, I will be in bed, or maybe it's a good thing. Because I will just look at the bars and be like, nope, this is not for me. This is not for me. Go to bed. But I don't want a Eurovision that just feels like work, work, work. I want, I want a Eurovision, you know, that feels like I can get a little bit of work, I can get a little bit of play, you know. But I will say this, I, I mean, Birmingham, like Black Sabbath, Judas Priest, that's, that's dope. And honestly, if we could have, if I, when we talk about interval acts at Eurovision and bringing back like legacy talent and stuff like that, you know, when it was, when it was the Justin Timberlake and the Madonnas, I was not a fan. I was not really interested in that. It's kind of like, oh, that's cool. Like, I can see why you're doing it from a PR standpoint of like, okay, maybe this will bring in more viewers. It totally makes sense. But I love the idea of, of like bringing back like a legacy act. And Judas Priest, Black Sat, that would be, that would be pretty dope. That would actually be really, really great. But again, 40% under the age of 25. Good God, no thank you. I'm exhausted just looking at that statistic. I wouldn't have led with that Eurovision TV. Sounds exhausting. <laughs> Sounds exhausting. All right, let's talk about Liverpool. Liverpool, I mean, come on. The Beatles, I mean, that's, come on, come on. I don't, I, don't hate, I don't hate the idea of Liverpool. I'm going to be real with y'all. Liverpool makes me nervous in the sense of, like, getting there, I guess. Like, it, like y'all realize, like, I have to take an international plane with my mom, which I have never I have never been in a plane ride more than three hours with my mother. Now, I love my mom. My mom is great. But my mom and a toddler, international? And then we'd have to like what get off and then transfer to maybe like a train. That's a lot. That's a lot, y'all. That's a lot. So I'm just I don't know what the I don't know what the travel situation would be. But Liverpool, I mean, good musical history. And then they had a lot of those like really dope like '80s bands, right? Yes, Dead or Alive. You spin me right round, baby, right round. Mel C. I turn to you like a flower leads me to all the sun. I turn to you. Hey, girl. Yeah, Liverpool could be dope. Liverpool, Liverpool could be dope. But honestly, after looking at those stats with Birmingham, I, I, I might need Liverpool City Demographics. I, I'm, I'm going to need that because 40... <laughs> Birmingham, y'all must be exhausted. All, all of the people above the age of 40 in Liverpool, not Liverpool, sorry, Birmingham, y'all are tired, right? 
Y'all are tired of dealing with them kids. Y'all are tired of them kids. Tell me. Okay, I'm looking at Liverpool. <laughs> All right, what are the demographics? All right, let's look at. Oh, well, they have like an ethnic breakdown here on Wikipedia. Okay. 88% white, 4% Asian, 2.6% black, and the mix, we've got 2.5%. Okay, can we, get, can we get some age? Can I get an age breakdown for Liverpool? I don't know why I keep saying Liverpool. I don't know why. I don't know why I keep doing that. Okay, so we're, I'm looking at a religious, so we don't have an age breakdown? Wikipedia, we don't have an age breakdown, no? No, we don't have, we don't have ages, we have ethnicity, popular, ooh, ooh, okay. In common with many cities, Liverpool's population is younger than that of England as a whole, with 42.3% of its population under the age of 30, compared to an English average of 37%. Wow. Okay, but those of working age make up 65% of the population. This is interesting. Oh, I really, I forgot I used to love looking at like census data. <laughs> I don't know, now I'm kind of like, okay, I wanna look at the, the demographics. Let's do Glasgow. Our front runner, Glasgow is the front runner. So we're gonna break down. We're gonna break down the demographics of Glasgow. And then we're gonna do Manchester. This is fun, I hope you find this interesting. Okay, so uh, population, okay, so do we get age? I don't think we have an age breakdown, but we do have ethnicity. So 88% are white, we've got 8% Asian, and then I guess they have black, black, Scottish, British, and then just African, 2%. Oh wow, I was at, I don't know why I was expecting that to be, maybe because Glasgow's such a big city. So I guess I was just thinking it might be slightly more diverse. Okay, languages, English, 86%. All right, all right, we've got that, but we don't have any ages. Dang, I would have, I would have been curious about, curious about the age range of Glasgow. I might look that up later. Okay, so we've done Glasgow, and now we're gonna do Manchester, Manchester. This is so interesting. I find this stuff fascinating. Okay, here we go. Demography of Greater Manchester. Okay, that's not their accent, but don't think I'm don't think I'm doing this. I'm really I'm really really not. Okay, Greater Man. Oh, and then they have it like sort of compared. There's a breakdown of it compared to um, the rest of England. Okay, let's look. Okay, so for Racial breakdown, we've got 83%. So I think that's the least amount of white folks that we've had. So 83% white, 10% Asian. Wow, okay. Black, 2.7%. So we're really floating around like a 3% black in all of the places we've talked about so far. And then mixed, uh, 2%, basically. So that's like pretty much on par. But do we have... Okay, do we have anything on children and young people? I see religion, do, 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 no. But it's looking like probably the more diverse place maybe 
is Manchester of the of the ones we've looked at probably the most diverse and no I'm not seeing anything on the ages so Manchester is remaining a front runner because I don't know how many young people <laughs> a front runner for me I think for me I'm I think I want Manchester maybe and and it's so funny because I, I say all this and it's like based off of what really not really that much right not really that much not really that much uh but I don't think I'd be mad at Glasgow at all. There's some exci- like there's something really exciting about going to Glasgow for me, because it's because it's Scotland. You know, I, like I've been to kind of English places before. English meaning like I guess British, British um, sort of places, and I, I think that there's there's an excitement. I and then what Edinburgh's like an hour drive away from Scotland, so I think maybe that's a little bit where where some of my excitement is. I think the better narrative though, if I was on the EBU team and I was doing PR, Manchester has a nice solid narrative. And, and again, that one commenter on my YouTube channel, Ben NT, you've really changed my mind because I wasn't thinking about it from this perspective of like, well, no, like when we win, you kind of want to have Glasgow. And I'm starting... I'm starting to sort of vibe with that, with that mindset of like, no, because then there's like this moment of really feeling like you're owning it. And, and to have Glasgow like kind of Scottish, because I, I don't know if I said this before. I know I said it when I was talking on the phone. For me, like with it being in Manchester, I think I am a little bit more like, okay, we need to show a lot of Ukrainian culture. But if we're in Scotland and I don't get some damn bagpipes, I wanna I want a whole I don't know, that that's my my bagpipe. <laughs> that's my bagpipe sound. I, I want kilts. I, I want, and I'm not saying, I'm not just distilling the culture down to that, but you get what I'm saying. I want to see Scottish representation if we're in Glasgow. It would feel wrong to not, even though, yes, this is Ukraine's contest. It's Ukraine's contest, y'all. Like it or not, it is Ukraine's contest. So they can have it, but mind you, the BBC's paying them dollars. They paying the bills, and sure, yes, they volunteer. I think I kind of I, I didn't get into it with somebody, but on my TikTok, because TikTok comments are like weird to me. It's it's like it, it's like they all like come out of this space that's just like, were you listening to anything that I just said? <laughs> like, and 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 most of it, I think, is because the people don't know who I am and they probably don't know the context of like what I'm saying. It just sort of pops up on their For You page and it's like, now I'm just gonna write this comment that's just telling everything about what I think. But, but the BBC is footing the bill. If Ukraine wanted to host the whole thing because they, they put in a bid, then that means that they've got budget, right? If, if the Ukrainian delegation said, okay, we want to host this in in Ukraine. And then finding out, okay, it's really not possible. Like, it's just not safe. We got to start planning this thing. It's got to go off, and, and, and we can't really start planning it right now. It's an unfortunate 
unique situation, not necessarily unique to the Eurovision Song Contest, but, but it is an unfortunate and unique situation. And I think to just sort of then, okay, well, the UK's hosting it. All right, well, then y'all got it. What? If they got it, then they got it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're saying, like, oh, okay, well, then if we're, if, if we're not doing it, like, in our country, then, like, y'all gonna pay all this money. And, and yet we still get to call the shots. That doesn't even make any sense. I don't know. Maybe y'all have real nice parents that let y'all dictate stuff in the house, even though you didn't pay no bills and didn't have no job and were bringing no money to the table. I didn't. <laughs> if you're not paying, you don't have a say, for real, for real. Now, I think that, you know, the BBC would be shooting themselves in the foot without making sure that we're leading with, I think, majority Ukrainian host. And I honestly think the interval act should really just be, like, Ukrainian, to be honest. Like, that's what I would do. But every other element, and I think that's my challenge, because I think that, I think all that, mainly Ukrainian host, all Ukrainian interval acts. Yep, that's that's my opinion. But if we're doing it in Glasgow, it would feel crazy not to have Scottish culture represented as much as possible. You know, where it fits in, we gotta fit it in. Whereas if it's hosted in Manchester, on the other hand, I don't think it would feel like such a glaring omission. I don't know. What do y'all think about that? I, I Talk to me. This is such a challenging situation. And I really just want to know where we're going to go so I can figure out whether I'm going to go and, and have that. It'd be nice. It's always nice to have like a trip to look forward to, no matter what. And I mean, it's even better, a Eurovision trip to look forward to. For me... I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I want to see this. But I, but I want to leave with just, so each like city that threw their hat in the ring came out with videos, came out with videos. Let, let's talk about who had the best one. Perhaps I should like qualify this. There were videos that were uploaded to Eurovision.tv to help, you know, color the description of the cities. And I don't know if, if there was like an intern responsible for sourcing the videos, but I can definitely tell that whomever laid those things out, intern or not, had some bias. Because I, I'ma just tell you, let's start off positive. Birmingham, after watching that video, I wanna go there. It felt fun, it felt inclusive, and I guess that must be that youthfulness that they're talking about from the city. You know, so in the video, it worked. I was like, oh, this seems fun. This seems like a place I want to go. Like, this seems like it would be a dope Eurovision city, and they will be hyped to host it. But then I also worry, because sometimes, like, you know, some young folks that aren't in our Eurovision bubble can be too cool for school. And I'm just like, oh, you're here for Eurovision? Uh, uh, like, you know, whatever. You know, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But, but the video, the video was good. The video did make me go, okay, I Birmingham. Maybe I wanna go, maybe I wanna go, maybe I wanna go hang out with you. But probably my favorite one, now, y'all wanna guess, did you watch the videos that were on Eurovision.tv? 
It's like when you click on like the seven shortlisted cities, you click on each city profile and there's like a video uploaded. Come on, y'all. It's the LVP. Come on, take a pool in the, a, a swim in the pool with me. Come and take a swim in the pool with me. It's the LVP. I mean, what? That song was vibes. That song could have came at Eurovision. Quiet as it's kept. When, when did that come out? When did they drop that track? We could have had that at Eurovision, you know, a couple of years back. I'm just saying, it's the LVP. Yeah, that was cool. It, the song was good. The imagery I was getting was like vibes. I was like, I want to go there. Y'all seem cool. It seems like a place with a lot of diversity and fun and like and by diversity, things to get into. Things to get into. Now I'm gonna talk about our front runners. Glasgow. I don't know. The video that was that was selected was just sort of like, oh, okay. There was no narrator, you know, it was it was just, oh, okay. You know, I'm sure that these are just like the regular like tourism board like videos that they're just like oh yeah 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 you can like use this one I would have picked a better one Glasgow I know y'all got a better one I know you got a better one. it was like okay it, 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 it neither made me want to go nor not want to go Leeds actually I kind of liked there's ones there's looked like oh this city seems like kind of fancy but like fancy in an attainable way like fancy like come here get fancy you know we can go out and do nice things but like you don't have to be like super dressed up like it seemed it seemed like a buttoned up vibe with like a button down reality if that makes any if that makes any sense leads actually i mean that video made me like ooh okay it's the lvp yeah manchester they had a little like you know multicultural group of friends exploring the city same like Glasgow, it was like this video was phoned in. I would have picked a better one. I would have picked a better one. I, I didn't watch it, and it, it, like watching it didn't make me not want to go, but I definitely wanted to go to Birmingham more in Liverpool after the videos that were presented there. <laughs> Newcastle, I was like, damn, y'all. 30 seconds. 30 seconds, it was, it was just, it was just, I was like, that was quick. I don't know, the intern... Or whomever selected this one was just like, yeah, no, nah, like, don't even get people's hopes up. So we're not, we're not going there. It was over. Sheffield, the way the video that they selected was like, oh, you know, it's the greenest city in England, which is dope. I do like green space in a city. I prefer water. Being by water is like central for me and, and my needs. Like I need water. But like greenest in the city, I was like, that's cool. But I'm not really into sport like that. I'm not an athletic girl. So it wasn't for me. I don't know. I don't know where Eurovision is going to be. I don't know where Eurovision is going to be. I wish I could give y'all a tidbit. But if you're, you know, trying to figure out where to go, I'd be whittling down my list to Manchester and Glasgow. And Glasgow. I think, honestly, by the end of this, I, I think I'm more excited about Glasgow now. But that commenter, Ben Enti, I, I should, I, maybe Ben Enti, I'm gonna be doing a Eurovision state of play. I hope that you hit me up on Instagram so I can get you on the screen in that because, yeah, you really got me thinking with that one. I, I you got me thinking, you got me thinking. Na, 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 na. 
Okay, this was the Eurovision for Real podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe. I am your host, Alicia Michelle. I'm cranking these out because, and this won't necessarily be the schedule I think moving forward, but I'm cranking these out because I'm new. I'm new to the space, so I wanna I wanna give people the opportunity to get a feel for what these conversations could be like here in this space with me. Thank you so much for listening. It's the Eurovision for Real podcast. Bye.